Today's episode is going to be very empowering for those of you who are ready to start sharing your story with your chronic illness, or even if it's not your chronic illness, and maybe it's a past trauma or something you've been experiencing, I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. And our special guest today, Tori, wrote her own book on her story with her congenital heart defect. And her story is very empowering for those of you who may be on the fence about starting to share what you've experienced. So I hope today's episode gives you that strength and encouragement you need to start sharing your story because we all deserve to speak up and be heard. Welcome to the Damn She Is Strong podcast. I'm your host, Reagan O'Brien. I'm a mental health and chronic illness warrior here to help you find healing and strength along your journey when living with a chronic illness or mental health condition. On this podcast, we will affirm our own power over our lives and overcome the obstacles we live with on a day-to-day basis. Get ready to listen in on incredible tips, tricks, and guests who will encourage you to say, damn, she is strong, and so am I every single day. All right, everybody. Today, I have a cool guest on the podcast. Her name's Tori Geiger. She wrote her own book on her chronic illness, and she's going to tell us all about her story. But I'm really excited to interview her because I feel like if you've been in a place where you're unsure of telling your story and sharing it, it might be nice to listen to what she has to say because she wrote a book on hers and it might show you that it's okay to open up about what you're going through right now. So with that being said, Tori, if you want to tell us a little bit about you, what led you to write your book and uh, more about your chronic illness, we can start with that. Yes. Hello, I'm Tori Joy Geiger, and um, I am an author. And I recently, like um, she said, I published my book and I felt led to share my story. I kind of had always wanted to write a book. Um, I knew just because I had a story. So a little bit background on my story is I'm a congenital heart defect survivor. I had open heart surgery when I was four days old, um, another surgery at two months old, and then again at seven months old. And so that was kind of my story growing up and just being an overcomer in that way. And it didn't, my heart condition really didn't get real for me until I hit high school and I was like ambulance from a basketball game and defibrillated three times. And so going through that adversity at such a young age, I think taught me a lot. It made me have to grow up a lot faster. And so I knew I wanted to write it down and writing has always been really therapeutic. My number one recommendation for anyone going through a trial is write it down because it's such a way to deal and to cope. And so I really journaled a lot. And then when I hit my college years, I was like, you know, I'm going to turn this into a book. I feel like I have a story to tell. And so that's what I did. And there was a lot of, I think, imposter syndrome that I felt right off the bat, um, just being young and feeling like I, I, hopefully people will get something out of this. But the more I learned and the more I wrote, 
I learned that my story is different from other people's stories, no matter how similar they might seem. My experiences are mine because it's my story and I have the ability to impact others because I have a different story than others. I love it. I am a big proponent and advocate for sharing your story because I feel like you said, it's so therapeutic and journaling is huge. I think there's actually a statistic. I know this doesn't really have to do with our, our episode, but there's a statistic about how people who journal actually end up being more success, not yeah, more successful in life. Cause you have those introspective moments of reflection and looking at what you're going through. And it really helps you evaluate and put things into perspective. So with that being said, my next question was going to be about individuals diagnosed with chronic illnesses. How do you recommend they start finding their value so that they want to speak out and they want to tell their story? How did you come to terms with doing that as you opened up and shared your story in a book? For me, I think the biggest thing was separating my chronic illness from me because I think so often and even growing up, I kind of like felt like I was my chronic illness. Like that's what defined me and who I was. And when I finally, especially through writing, started to kind of like divide like, okay, this is a part of me and what does it do for me? And I started to kind of separate for like from how it defines me. And I started basically breaking down, okay, what has my chronic illness taught me? And what have I learned from it? What has it given me? Like, is there anything it's given me? And I think I was able to identify like, wow, like I am stronger (laughs) because of it. And I'm able to help others. I have a level of empathy for other people because of what I've gone through. And those are strengths. Those aren't weaknesses. And when I started to frame my chronic illness is something that actually empowers me to do even more with my life. That's when I was like, okay, like this is not something I'd wish upon my worst enemy, but it's something that I can bless others with and find purpose in life with. And I think I started doing that just through journaling and being really proactive of separating those things. So I'd start journaling and maybe I started getting kind of negative about my chronic illness and really down. And that was like an exercise I did of just really defining what it's given me. I agree with you that it's so common. I see this all the time and I've felt this way too. When you have a chronic illness and you've had it for so long, you start to identify with it and it becomes who you are. And I went through something, um, not the same kind of chronic illness, but just the fact that I can really relate to what you're saying because I had an ostomy and when I had that, I felt like I was like almost losing my identity because it just, you become, you feel like you become your disease. And it's hard because if you get through that and you're healthy again, in my case, I went through a lot of surgeries and now I'm in like a much healthier place. But when I got to the end of all of that, I was confused. I was, who am I? (laughs) You know what I mean? Totally. something everyone goes through, you identify with it so hard because it's your reality day in, day out, day in, day out that sometimes you can really lose yourself. So it's important to journal and know yourself outside of that. Cause it's just a component of who you are. It's not your entire identity, but I think we also like, when we get a new diagnosis, like 
you kind of like, for me, I'm a planner and I have like kind of a vision (laughs) for my life and stuff. And so when something like that would come up, it would shake my identity because my identity was rooted in something that wasn't, it shouldn't have been rooted in. And I had to change direction. And so I think when I started to really like develop, okay, who am I at my core? Like I'm a kind person. I'm this, I'm that not, I'm a volleyball player. I'm, you know, a business owner. Like those aren't like what define me, what are my character qualities that define me? And then when something happens that changes my course of plan, changes my ability to be an athlete or changes my ability to be a business owner, the way I thought I was going to be, I'm not as shaken because I know who I am. Yeah. I think that is so important. And I feel that so much, this is very common in health and wellness and just overall, sometimes we're not sure of who we are. And that is kind of where some of these issues sometimes come from too, or they add to what you're already experiencing, which is huge. So it's good that you were able to take it and turn it into something so meaningful. And what's the importance of, you were talking about like the unknown outcomes of living with a chronic illness and you said how you really like to plan. And I know there's a lot of people like that, that are experiencing it. So how do you keep your vision clear when you don't know, and you're uncertain about your own health? Yeah, I think for me, what I've learned is don't stop dreaming and planning. It's still important, even when the unknown is out there. And I think it's just important to come back to that core of who you are. Like, so when you're setting a plan, you also have in the back of your mind, in your brain of like, yes, there might be setbacks, but I'm going to keep, keep dreaming, keep pushing forward, no matter what the unknowns that do come up. And I'm going to be adaptable. And I think that's been a big word for me is like adaptable (laughs) and just really being willing to, okay, this is my plan, but I know if something changes, I can adapt my dreams and my vision for what I saw can mold into what the future is going to look like with that unknown that comes out. And I think I build confidence through that of say something happens like a new diagnosis or I go to the ER and it, you know, wrecked something that I had planned and I'm able to go, okay, now we're changing direction. And I think that's been a good strategy for me of just when I do set a goal, I kind of have little bullets underneath it of like, but if setback happens, just know like you're adaptable and you're going to make it through. Just keep, just keep dreaming and setting forward because that's how you keep on getting back up is if you dream that reinforces victory in your life. And that's a theme that I want to have in my life is living a victorious life. Yes, because your name's Victoria, right? No, I'm yes, just that's kidding. my full name. Yeah. <laughs> my parents, they just, they knew. <laughs> they knew it. No. <laughs> yeah, I think that's huge. That's such an important thing. I can relate to that 100% because when I was first diagnosed, and I'm sure this is what happens to a lot of people, they notice they're losing control of their health and they don't have control over that anymore. So you have to be able to surrender and continue to work at it, even if it's beyond your control at that point. And I think becoming adaptable is something that if chronic illness warriors were told that right when they get diagnosed, I think they'd be a little bit less stressed out and anxious, but just surrendering and learning how to be adaptable is huge. 
And I wish I would have known how to do that a lot sooner in my life. Oh, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so detached to structure, so attached because in society we value that. But when you have a chronic illness, you can't be attached to that structure and that adaptability is huge. It's so important or else you're going to drive yourself mentally insane because you can't control your chronic illness. So you're looking to control it. Good luck. (laughs) You'll drive yourself crazy. You will. And you make it worse from stressing yourself out because you can't control what's going on. Yeah. I know that's so true in my own life. When I like stop trying to surrender and I'm like, Nope, I got this. Oh, it just backfires every single time, (laughs) every time. Uh, yeah, it really does because I feel like that's a huge part of all this and what you're telling people to do through your book and your story is to surrender, but still take ownership over their lives at the same time. It's tricky. It's almost a balancing act. I feel, especially when you have a chronic illness and you can't really control it. And so funny, like, I'm sure you can relate to this in some way although we don't have the same chronic illness, but I remember people just being like, oh, why don't you do this? That might make it better. And it's it's just like, I get so frustrated. I mean, yeah. I've tried all that. Yeah, I've done all you. that. It's just not making it better because I can't control it. Yeah. And people having not experienced that, they think we yeah. can control our chronic illness. We can't. That's yeah. why it's called a chronic illness. It's lifelong and you can't control what's happening yeah. in there. All exactly. you can do is try and throw in holistic measures and things to mitigate your stress and make things better. So this is a little spinoff question, but how have you been able to reduce anxiety and stress, especially with having that your entire life? I can't imagine that's so sad. I got diagnosed when I was like 18. I started experiencing symptoms at 17, but everyone's diagnosed and there are a lot of people that are diagnosed with chronic illness really young and everyone's in a different place with it. But how did you manage that stress and anxiety your whole life of that? Did you just adapt? Do you feel like your whole life? Yeah, I think in my younger years, it really felt like it was more my parents' story. And I really felt like, oh, like I've already had my like victory story. Like that's kind of my testimony, what I've overcome until I hit middle school and high school when it like it actually became my own. And I really had to learn that principle of like control what you can control. And it's something I still struggle with today of like figuring out, okay, what's within my control. Um, I know for me, you know, attitude, that was something my parents really ingrained in me is like how you um, respond to it and your attitude with your, your heart condition is going to kind of make or break you. If you're going to be negative about it and see it as something that's just going to strap you down, then that's the way you're going to live your life. And it's going to limit you. Like you think your chronic illness already does. And I think how I treat others was the other thing is like, I do have power over that and realizing I don't have power over what other people think. So I can't control if they think that my symptoms or what I feel is valid. That's their own thing. And I think that's something I've more been learning now, especially as a business owner, is not caring as much about what people think because they don't know what you're walking through because they don't have a chronic illness. And it's kind of their own issue if they're going to judge you or they're going to think of you or think that you're weak because you decide to opt out or you say, no, I need to set this boundary. I need to rest. And that's something I learned a lot as a business owner of just setting firm boundaries and defining 
what those boundaries are helped me learn what I could control and what I didn't have control over. Um, and that was more later in life that I've learned that growing up, I would say I was really affected by if somebody thought, oh, like she had to stop working out or she had to drop out of a drill or something like that. And being scared about what teammates would think or coaches would think um, that was hard growing up. And I think I had really strong parents that were just like, you just keep doing your best and that's all you do. Um, but I think as I got older, I've, I've learned to let go <laughs> some of those things. Yes. I love this overall theme of embracing your like strengths and weaknesses. And I listen to, I talk about this sometimes on my show. So this is another plug for Tony <laughs> Robbins, but he always talks about, don't look at your challenges as something that are a disadvantage. Look at the advantage in them. Cause they bring you to a new level where you can see the bad things that are happening to you are actually happening for you. And I feel like that's an important part of living with a chronic illness and reclaiming power over your life and taking back the strength to say, this isn't defining me. This is a part of me that's going to make me even better and make me help other people. And to get that through, what would you tell somebody who right now might be seeing this like a chronic illness or maybe something mental health related or just any challenge in life, what would you tell them if they're starting to see it as a negative thing and having like a victim mentality, what would you, how can you encourage them to say you can get through this because you've been through a lot and you haven't let it weigh you down or make you a victim. You've used it to empower yourself and empower others. So what would your advice be to somebody who might be feeling down and like, everything's just weighing on them right now and they're not feeling like they have any control. I think what they need to do is to develop a healthy admiration for themselves. And what that comes from is as they're kind of kind of sitting in that negativity, they're looking at what I have gone through. So like for me, I turned to like, I have been defibrillated three times. I've been in the ER and I've been scared. I've been there and even just owning up to that emotion. Like I've been angry, I've been scared and validating those emotions by saying that was real. And then moving that to, and I admire how I was able to be scared, how I was able to be angry because I was going through that and validating those emotions first and then framing it to be admiration of I admire what I've gone through and I think again goes back to like what have I learned like have I become a better advocate for myself with doctors or have I had to stand up for myself Um, have I had to prepare for a surgery which takes a lot of mental grit or have I had to do just all these different things I think just breaking down what you've been through and then framing it to be, I admire that I have done this, or I admire even the negative things. I think it's important to recognize that sometimes those emotions that we feel aren't necessarily negative. They're just emotions that need to be expressed first in order to keep moving forward. Um, And so that would be my advice is to dig into those emotions and why you're feeling them and then turn them into something you admire about yourself rather than 
something that you're like, I'm so negative about this. Um, I think that's been helpful for me. Yeah, that's really important and it's really huge. And I have another question because I was thinking through it as you were responding, how do you feel that somebody, say somebody right now is thinking to themselves, I know I have to be mentally strong, but I just feel like I don't have it in me right now. I'm sure you've went through points like that with your chronic illness where it was just exhausting and you didn't want to have to be strong anymore. So what do you say to someone who wants to give up and doesn't really want to fight it anymore and have to be mentally tough all the time? I think you need to stop thinking about what mentally tough means. I think in our society, mentally tough, people think it's putting on a brave face. People think that it's, you know, putting up that wall of like, I got it together or always being positive about your chronic illness. I think people think that mental toughness is that. And my kind of thing I've learned as being an athlete too, is that like pain isn't always gain. And sometimes you're causing yourself more pain too, when you're putting up a facade of mental toughness. And I think you are being mentally tough when you acknowledge that you need to take a step back and that you're not fully there. Like for instance, yesterday, um, I'm basically saying goodbye to my last grandparent and I was mentally not with it. (laughs) Um, and I couldn't be strong at that point. And I had to cancel meetings, um, for my business. And I had to say, no, I'm not going to put on a brave face. I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat some chocolate. I'm going to cry it out and I'm going to be with loved ones. And I think, I've learned that mental toughness isn't always being the strong one. And so I think a sign of mental toughness is knowing when you need to take a step back and that's okay. Um, That would be my encouragement for people that are in that place is take that as a sign that you are mentally tough when you know that you need to do that. (laughs) I love how this all connects because I was just talking about this recently on one of my episodes that was like a solo episode. I was talking about the fact that I've always felt I had to be the strong one. Yeah. And how I've only seen it as a strength, but at the same time, it gets really exhausting to always be the strong one. And I was talking on my show about how I want to start being more of a, the vulnerable one and letting that (laughs) side of me show, because I always was like, I have it all together. I'm tough. I (laughs) can get through it all. And I've never really opened up to say, yeah, it's okay to be vulnerable and say, I'm not okay right now, which is huge. I think that's really important. And it's really like you grow so much when you do that and you decide it's okay to let yourself be vulnerable because that shows even more strength. At first you might see it as, oh, well, if I'm really strength, really strong, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to let anything get me down, but sometimes you just do feel down and it's a matter of accepting how you feel. Totally. I think, um, there are times that um, I feel like I've learned that mental toughness is knowing yourself really well. I think that's how I've started to define mental toughness is I know myself so well from a body perspective as an athlete, I know when I need to step out of drills because my heart's not okay or I can't breathe. (laughs) And even on the mental health side of it, I know myself so well that I know when I need to take a step back and when I need help. Um, that was something I had to learn because I went through a lot of PTSD, medical PTSD. And so I think I, one of my goals is to keep 
teaching other chronic illness warriors that mental toughness isn't being strong all the time. It's truly knowing yourself really well is what mental toughness is. Yes. And I feel that's why it's so important to share your story and be open and be vulnerable because it is showing your true strength and opening up. So what would you say to somebody right now? Cause at the beginning of the episode, we were talking about, Hey, somebody might not want to open up, but I think now that we've talked through these things, somebody might say, it's okay for me to be vulnerable and open up. And what is some advice for somebody who is going to, they've listened to this episode and they're like, okay, I'm going to start sharing my story. How can they start doing that and taking the steps that they might not feel comfortable with and they've never done it before? How do you just give them that last piece of encouragement to know it's okay? (laughs) Yeah, I would say that the first step is writing it down. That gives you confidence in it. And then the second to start sharing it, it's kind of up to your comfortability level. Like if you're not wanting to share it all over social media, that's totally okay. Like you could start with just sharing it with friends and family. And I think something that's really helped me is if somebody starts talking about something that like even remotely is like a theme (laughs) in one of my stories that I've gone through, I kind of be like, oh yeah, I totally get what you've gone through. Like when I did such and such, I was totally there. And so I think being able to use it as an opportunity to speak into people like when they're expressing something um is huge and i think um looking for opportunities with even strangers um like i was sending video emails to a bunch of people for my book launch and they came up to me they're like we heard you overheard you say that you have a congenital heart defect um like our niece has that and can you tell us a little bit more and being open to just share um rather than kind of downplaying it, I think it's easy just be like, oh yeah, but like just expressing that story. So I think first writing it down and then two, just practice telling people. And honestly, something that's been huge for me that's helped me get out of my comfort zone of like engaging with like friends and family or even strangers is expressing gratitude for people. And then people will kind of start asking you like, wow, like, where does this come from? And then you're like, actually, like, this is my story. And so like, it could be literally in like a grocery store or something. And you're just like, thank you for all that you do. Like, like somebody that bags groceries or a barista, like you don't know the impact you're making by that. And you're opening the door to share your story. Um, So I think those are my two biggest things is just looking for opportunities. And then if you want to share it on social media, go for it. Like, like totally like create your content. People want to be a part of other people's stories and they want to hear those. So I would say those are the first two steps. And then the second would be probably, um, or the third would be taking that step onto social media. If you're at that comfort level. Speaking of social media, you do a great job of posting content and everything. So how can everyone connect with you on there if they want to follow up after this? (laughs) Yes, please do. Um, My Instagram page is Tori Joy Geiger. Um, You can follow me there or you can follow me on Facebook at Tori Joy Geiger um, on Facebook as well. I do have a Facebook community group as well for chronic illness warriors just to connect and support each other. Um, So you can join on Facebook as well. And then if you do want a copy of the ebook um, for listeners of this podcast, um, you guys can get a 50% off discount when you go to ToriJoyGeiger.com slash ebook discount. And the code is strong 
all caps 50 and you'll get 50% off of the ebook when you go to download it. So perfect. I'm going to put it in the show notes. This is really exciting. And for our community, I was wanting to do like a once a month book club thing. So I'll follow up with you and maybe we yeah. can get something going in the group. But I think this is just awesome and so empowering. And I'm glad you took the time to come on the show. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. I'm excited. It's fun to partner with other amazing individuals, especially amazing women that are using their stories for impact. And I'm blessed that we got to connect and get to do it together. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Damn She Is Strong podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and give us a great rating. We totally appreciate it. And we hope you'll join us for the upcoming Fall Mental Health Matters event on November 14th. Check out the link in our show notes to read up on this awesome event. Thanks so much, girl, for being here today. And we can't wait to talk to you soon.